For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 148 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show is Mike B. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. This is me, Mike B, and I'm here today with someone who needs no introduction to the JSU family. Uh, what hasn't he been to this university? He's been a quarterback. He's been a coach. He's currently a commentator for the JSU football broadcast. And he's also a frequent guest of ours here on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Coach Darrell Asbury is with us today. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Good to have you on. So, Coach, we, we've got football in the spring. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot different. Uh, but I, I think the the fans are starting to adjust to it, and um, I'm most definitely adjusting to it, and uh, really enjoying the, the season football in the spring. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's been real good, and um, it, it's been a great opportunity for for JSU and for the SWAC as a whole. Um, as you say, if you've seen, we've had um, nationally brought, brought national televised games on um, ESPN two. Uh, now that we got Coach Prime on board, so uh, this is a great opportunity for us. It's, um, not not a lot going on in in the sports world, so um, so I, I've been enjoying it. It's been a been a great ride in so far, and um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk about um, the the football program, how you feel about it, how you feel about the season, and, and how it's gone um, thus far. So um, uh, just uh, off top, what what has been your observation of the spring twenty twenty one JSU football Tigers? Well, I tell you what, you know, it, it's been a a great, great time being able to watch these guys and um, having such a short period of time getting them ready to play uh, coming into the spring. You know, you only have so many days that you could bring them back in and start conditioning. So you're talking about almost a year off from, from not doing anything. Um, you know, Jackson State making a transition from Coach Hendricks to Coach Prime. I, I, you know, just being able to sit back and watch those guys work um, you know, it, it's, it's been a, a light, you know, and I'm, you know, Rob J and myself, we always, we, we, we go back and forth on a lot of things up there, but 
just to see how these, the chemistry has, has came together in such a short period of time, it's just scary how good these this team can be once, you know, you get a full spring, a full summer, and all that put together with these young men. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of coaches, well, a lot of uh, people, difficult a task that was uh, as a coaching staff, just trying to uh, bring that cohesiveness to the program or to the team uh, with a new coaching staff, uh, not much of a spring to work with. Uh, it, it, this really is spring ball. You're just kind of building it as you fly, and they were doing a great job of um, of getting that done. So looking at the team from 2019 to, to 2021 here, uh, we we see JSU getting a lot, getting it done with a lot of the same players. You know, there's not there are a few transfers here and there, but mostly it's the same guys out there, and they're just making plays. And, and you know, we're winning games now. Um, what has been your um, assessment of how and why things may have maybe looking so more pos- so much more positive for us going from from the last season? Well, I, I season. say you know, being a former uh, head coach. Uh, Rob, Jay, and I talked about this uh, after the Gramlin game. What I noticed the most is the team discipline. You know, I'm big on discipline, you know, being able to win some championships. You know, it takes team discipline and and, uh, buying into the system, buying into what the coaches want uh, and then expectations. You know, uh, bad habits are hard to change. And from what I've seen, uh, a lot of times the habits have, have changed. You know, one of my concerns were uh, adversity. How will they respond versus adversity from 2019 to now? Uh, 2019, you, you would see guys arguing and throwing helmets, and um, now you see guys pulling together, uh, the coaching staff pulling together, communicating. Uh, and, and what I like the most is, you know, your, your head coach is, is letting his coaches work. And, and that's when you believe in your staff. And that's big. And and from what from what I noticed is the kids are buying into the program and buying into the, the vision of the head coach. And every coach is repeating the same thing. So that's huge. Definitely, definitely. I absolutely agree with that. And you could definitely see that exhibited in the Grambling game um, on that last drive. Uh, the Grambling, the last defensive stand, of course, we fumbled the ball um, at the end zone. And the defense never gave up. You never saw the guys hang their heads or shrug their shoulders. They just said, hey, next play, the next play is ours. And they just kept believing. And uh, so it was great to see that where in years past, uh, you can almost see them wear down like wear down and say, okay, who who's going who's gonna to make a mistake? Who's going to give up? And now they're thinking, they're thinking who's going to make that play for us? So uh, yeah, I, that that definitely was um, noticeable in that in that Grambling game. Um, now going from as, as far as this season, um, we played three games. Now we opened up with Edward Waters College. Um, there was a shutout there. Then we had a, a really great game against Grambling, where we had to kind of battle some adversity, as you said. And then we came out pretty strong against Valley. Uh, what has been your um, assessment of of the team and? the improvement they made, if any, from game one to game well, three. Well, I, I tell you, from game one, you know, it was kind of hard. You know, each week we give the team a grade, uh, Rob J and myself. Uh, it, it's, it was kind of hard to judge the, the, the team versus uh, Edward Waters. Uh, you know, we were at um, Shaw mm-hmm. University. We used to play Edward Waters. So we kind of 
you know, it, it gives you as a team to kind of measure yourself as far as, okay, uh, do I, how do I come out? Did I attack strong enough? The endurance of the program. Uh, but then when you got a buy against Mississippi Valley, it gave you an extra week to start preparing, trying to get some things done. And we knew Gramlin was going to be somewhat a measuring stick. Um, how much of a measuring stick? Um, you know, you saw a Gramlin football team came out and made a lot of mistakes early. But the plus side to it, Jackson State capitalized on every opportunity, whether it was a short field or a long field. Uh, every opportunity they had, they capitalized on it. And I thought that was real huge. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great thing you mentioned there. That's a good point you made, uh, especially with us taking advantage of a short field. And that was not something that I felt like uh, in 2019 and the years past, we weren't able to get those opportunities um, offensively to get you know, a good a good punt return to put us in, in the, um, you know, past the 50 or, or to get that turnover to, to shorten the field. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. So would you say that from, from game one to game three, that you like the trajectory of this team so I, I far? I'll tell you what I really, I really like the most is that um, the performance offensively. You know, I'm an offensive guy. And what I like to see is continuity on offense, guys making plays. You know, in the past, when you when you look back in the in the past, we we did we never stretched the field. We went sideline to sideline. We ran a lot of bubble screens. Um, in order to score in this football game, you have to stretch the football field vertically. And um, I like the way we we stretch the football field vertically. And when you have young men like like Baldwin and Reed. Um, you know, if, if a young man can put up in three quarters, five catches, 128 yards, um, you still have Newman, you still have Reed. Um, you know, those guys are making plays. Uh, I also like the way that they're, they're not having the quarterback. He's not having to make a whole lot of decisions because the run game is going. Um, so that takes a lot of pressure off right. of him. So now instead of me having to rely on my arm, beating you with my arm all the time. We can run the football, run the football, and then we can, you know, set you up for the big play. So I think that's very, very important. Right, right. Yeah, piggybacking off that point you made there with with the vertical plays and stretching the fields, um, we're going to talk about Jalen Jones here. Um, I've seen over the past couple of weeks, he's taken a lot of heat and a lot of criticism, a lot of undeserved criticism about his ability to to move the ball down the field. Uh, they say he's more of a of, of a of a bubble screen guy uh, and, and so forth. But um he has shown some ability to 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 throw the ball downfield. As you saw last week he got the ball to uh, to Baldwin and Reed and some other guys Newman he's done on a few occasions. So um what is your assessment of Jalen Jones and his development from freshman to well, sophomore I, I season? I think he I think he's really grown. I mean I've been watching him since he transferred in. So what I what I see going on, what I have seen going on with him, is that the the, the coaches, um, you know, as coordinators, we want to run what we want to run, but sometimes you have to adapt to what your talent level allows you to run. And in the past, what I've seen is the coaching staff has not adapted to the talent level that you have, uh, and, and until you can adapt to the talent level that you have. 
you know, that makes you a, a real football coach, not necessarily an offense coordinator, but a coach. Um, and and I, I think right. that they have adapted to what what he does well. Uh, they they realized that he's a he's really a big athlete with a strong arm. We, we put some plays in. If you look at the first couple games, his his farthest throw was maybe 10, 12 yards. They never allowed him to stretch the field vertically. So now they're gradually um, allowing him to get the football downfield. This past weekend, uh, I want to say his farthest throw was thirty eight yards. Um, but when you when you go back, I've seen the growth in him. Um, they put a bootleg play in for him. The first two touchdown passes, he got his shoulder square going downfield, made some good throws. That third pass, his shoulders were going to the sideline, and you can kind of tell it kind of got away from him. Um, so it's just a mm-hmm. fundamental piece, and they're doing the things that he can do. Uh, he he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be special if he continues to play well, and they continue to do the things that he can do. Um, but when you watch him on third downs, if, if, if they're behind the chains, you know, it's a 90% chance that he's going to pull the football and run. That's the X factor to what's going on right now. And in this conference, and even in the NFL, you have to, they're getting away from the pocket passes. You have to have some athletic ability uh, to be able to get the football downfield. Right. And he's doing a good job of it. Yeah, yeah, right. Coach, I can tell you, it's almost like you're reading my notes here because I have here a good wide receiver <laughs> play, uh, converting on third and long. So, so that's great. That's great. Yeah. So th- those are things that have um, been noticeable to to the JSU fans as well. Um, now, uh, offensive line. What 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 has been your um, your take on the offensive line? Because um, I, I've seen some I've seen some strengths and I've seen some concerns. But uh, what is your overall take of, of the offensive line and how they played through the first three well, games? Well, the running season? the ball wise, they they they're not bad running the ball. Um, could they could it be a little bit better? Yes. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern with the offensive line now is is the passing part. Uh, the quarterback is having to be flushed out of the pocket uh, more than the norm. Um, you know, I, I I would rather see him. If he's going to sit back there, you know, as coaches, we, we call it a clean umbrella. Give him a, give him a clean umbrella, a little bit more time to, to, to make his reads. But uh, Valley kind of got after us a little bit up front last week. And, you know, I, I take my hat off to, to Coach Danzy and his, his, offense, his defensive line. Uh, they really got after us. Um, you know, not being able to score points in the third quarter is a concern. Uh, and that and that's that falls back right. on the whole offensive line play. Yeah, I, I noticed that about the Valley game also. Their defensive line did uh, um they did better than I expected them, a better job than I expected them to do as far as controlling the line of scrim- scrimmage. Um I noticed that that um they, they were able to shut down those runs, those off tackle runs that we did from the twenty one personnel package. Um they, they blew up some of those screens that we, we tried to get going. Uh but when I went back and rewatched the game, because usually when I first watch the game, I, I don't notice that kind of stuff. I'm watching the game. I have some my, – my nerves are a wreck. So I have to see if we win or lose. Then I go back <laughs> and look today and I kind of watch the game and make my assessment of it because because I'm just a nervous wreck during the games. I, I don't I don't have time to, to notice that. I'm, my, my, my football IQ is not there yet. <laughs> so <laughs> so going back looking at the game, um, I noticed that Valley was – um, well, J- JSU rather, we were uh, 
a lot of the plays that we ran, they were some of the plays that I saw in Edward Waters and in the Grambling game. I really didn't see a lot of new wrinkles thrown out there. So, so here's my theory. I think uh, Coach Prime and the staff, they looked and they saw um, a, a manageable opponent coming in the Valley, a, a game that you should win. And they chose to, I won't say they kept it vanilla, but they didn't throw a lot of new things at Valley because they, they were able to sniff out a lot of what we did. And um, I'm wondering, um, it could be rose colored glasses, I don't know, but I'm wondering if we just intentionally didn't put a lot of new film out there for them for, for our more formidable opponents to watch. Um, now, as, as a coach, have you ever been in a situation like that where you said, all right, guys, we got this team coming in, you know, we know we're going to, we should beat them, we should blow them out. So we're just going to kind of, kind of dial back on the, uh, on the new plays and new formations this, this, uh, this game. Is that a thing? You can say yes and no, because what happens is if you are a zone team, no matter from game one to 12 or one to 14, you're going to run zone. Uh, if you're going to a power team with a tight end, two backs, that's what you're going to line up and do. What normally happens is you try to perfect perfect what you can do well. And for Jackson State, two things they're going to do. They're going to run the zone. They're going to run the power. And they're going to run it with the tight end, without the tight end. Uh, every now and then they're going to run the quarterback draw. But I think you have to do what, what your team can adjust to um, can can adjust too well, you know. When you go to add, you, and and you can add new wrinkles from time to time. You'll break film down and say, okay, uh, maybe I need to run a wham, or, or, or maybe I need to instead of running power, mm-hmm. I may just need to run a simple trap right here. It just depends on what the defense is, is giving you. Even in the passing game, you know, you go back and break down and try to attack the the, the dead areas in the zone. People that play zone, it's always dead spots in the zone. So you have to be able to attack the zone and put pressure on the guy if you want to get vertical. Uh, put pressure on the guy that can help double team to create the one-on-one. But, you know, so you can add a few wrinkles, but my philosophy has always been let's perfect what we do. They know we're going to run the zone. Zone is good versus six-man box. Seven man, eight man box. You can run zone, um, and and that's one thing I noticed. Jackson State is a zone team. They may run it away, they may run it to you, um, but they're going to run the zone in the power. All right, all right. So we just got we just got to get better at it then. But um, yeah, yeah. Just, just just perfect yeah. that thing, and I and I think they can because they're. Every week, if you watch them, you're going to see something new that's going on uh, against Grambling. Grambling never could stop the run. Uh, you know, they could mm-hmm. not stop the run. This past week, when you look at it, you go back and break the film down, and and uh, Valley could not stop the pass. So one week you may have a, a big week in, in the air, on the ground. Who knows, this week it may be a combination of both. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So in other words, we're still a work in progress. We're, we're building it as we fly. Yeah. And, and you you still got to yeah. give them a spring, give them a whole summer together. And those guys can implement. Right. You're talking a short period of time. You only can implement so much. And each week as they go, they're probably implementing little small pieces uh, as they go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, 
Now, here, here's an, another concern that the GSU fans have had, and it's um, the, the fumbles. We, we've had the, the fumbleitis uh, with, with the running backs over the past couple of games here. Um, what, what, what is your, um, your, your take on it? Do you think that's something that could be um, fixed in, 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 in a short period of time, or is that just something that we're just going to have to uh, continue to gradually work with the running backs on them and getting, getting their confidence up and, 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 and just kind of uh, reteaching, so to speak, how to hold a thing high and tight. Yeah, they're going to – you know, I'm like Coach Prime on that one. You have to hold on to the football. It, it's no excuse for the football being on the ground. I mean, unless you get a, a head-to-head contact collision where you are knocked unconscious, the ball should not be on the ground. Um, and that has – you know, we were just fortunate enough to create a, a big, big-time big play against Gramlin and create a fumble after losing the fumble because – you know, fumbles defensively. We've been we've been playing well enough to stop uh, stop the, the the turnovers from turning into touchdowns. Right, right, yeah. Uh, Coach, speaking of defense, um, defense has been playing playing really well, playing lights out. They've been making plays, uh, been doing an incredible job. Uh, what 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 do you think we have room for improvement on the um, in, on, on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I tell you what, and I agree with you 100%. Defensively, we've been playing extremely well defensively with the addition to well, Aubrey Miller that can that complements Keandre Hampton. And then you have two lockdown corners. Um, those big guys in the middle, um, Alexander, um, not Alexander Shaw, but the uh, uh, Crane. Crane, yeah, Crane. Yeah. Crane is doing a good job, and you look at um, Smiley's doing a good job. Um, you know, Lyle, those guys are doing yeah. extremely well in the middle. You know, my concern now is, you know, what is the depth behind them? If, if something was to happen, um, you know, the depth behind them. So we, we continue to have to improve on the depth behind those guys. I think they're keeping it simple. They're bringing the pressure. The key to that defense is those front four. That's why the linebackers are having so much opportunity to make some plays. I mean, you look at uh, Aubrey Miller, I want to say, against Gramlin. Uh, I want to say he kind of flew around the ball. Uh, oh, yeah, 17 yeah, tackles. 17 tackles against Gramlin. So, you know, just being able to fly around the football, that tells you the defensive line play that's been going on up front. And and then Keandre Hampton right was right behind him, you know, about ten or fourteen. Yep, fifteen. Yeah, right behind him. Yep. So, uh, yep. but I, I tell you, defensively, I don't know if you noticed, Valley did not throw at Warren all night long. They ran to his side, but they didn't throw at his mm, side. They picked yeah. on Alexander Shaw all night. But when you when you yep. look at Shaw numbers against Mississippi Valley, uh, this young man at 10 tackles in the third quarter. So, right. I mean, they ran at him. Yeah, he didn't give up at him. Yeah. And he, he represented that corner. You know, it's, it's almost like an island on your own over there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Shaw had – he had a heck of a game. Uh, yeah, a bunch of tackles. He had a couple of pass break breakups, and uh, he did a good job keeping the receiver away from the ball. So, yeah, they did try to pick on him, and, and he, you know, he made them pay for it as well. So, uh, yeah, I've been really excited about that, and um, I, I believe it's all it's all predicated off what that front four has been able to do. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, 
I during the Edward Waters game, I had some concerns about their ability to to uh, to put pressure on the quarterback because um, I just felt like the quarterback had a little more time than I thought he should have had you know, being with that caliber of opponent. But um, over the time, they they they've done pretty well. Uh, have, have you is is there anywhere where you see any kind of room for improvement with that with that defensive front four? Because the coaches they seem like that rush those front four. I don't you you don't see a whole lot of simulated blitzes. Um, they let they let the linebackers just you know lurk and play. So uh, is, is there any room for improvement with that defensive front? Well, you, you know, as coaches, there's always some room for improvements. You know, whether it's ball get off, uh, hand placement, um, you know, not getting washed down inside. Uh, you know, when when other folks run power, take it in whether they mm-hmm. uh, wrong shoulder to spill it. Um, but I, what I do what I do notice is, and, and I have not seen them practice, but it's almost like. They, they may not do a whole lot of blitzing in practice. They just rely on the front four to apply pressure. And then when you blitz in the game, it makes it so much easier now. Uh, we used to, you know, have that philosophy when I was uh, coaching. We we didn't do a whole lot of blitzing in practice. We would have a blitz, period. But we did not do a lot of blitzing because we wanted the front four to be able to apply pressure and let them know how important it was for you guys to apply the pressure. Because when you create double teams like Crane and those guys do inside, that means it's one-on-one with those defensive ends and those tackles. So, right. you know, that's 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 been the, the big plus on defense. I think just being able to apply that type of pressure, it makes it a whole lot easier for that secondary to stay in coverage. Coach, you've uh, mentioned the, 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 the staff on, on a number of occasions, but what has been your um, view and your thoughts on, on the staff um, from their game plan to in-game adjustments? Well, i tell you what. I like – I love the energy. I mean, uh, it, it reminds me when I had T.C. Uh, we, you know, the, the things that they're doing now and what I like is you have a young AD that understands the energy that has to be brought to the table uh, and, it doesn't, and, he, and he, it doesn't bother him. You know, back when we were doing it, we were – you know, Coach Asbury was just one of those arrogant, cocky coaches, you know. But now you see it now. The kids are feeding off of the coaching staff. And that's what I like. Right. I like that. I mean, they they jumping around and motivating them in a positive way and keeping the, the discipline going. So um, I, I think that's a huge plus um, for that program. And the kids are real, have really bought into – the vision, um, and and you can tell the cohesiveness with the coaching staff that those guys possibly spent a lot of time together. They're getting to know each other. Some of those guys have already been knowing each other. So, and it's feeding over into the program, you know. So that's a positive, right? Good, good stuff. Looking ahead into the schedule, what do you think our chances are based on what you've seen uh, from our team and what you've seen from the other teams um, in the sweat? I'm not sure if you had a chance to catch any any of the other games, but what do you think our chances are of, of being a um a bona fide contender for this uh SWAT title? I think we we can be a great contender. Um from what I've seen, um, you know, the, the test of the tape right now is gonna be this three game stretch. You have um Alabama State, uh Prairie View and, and Southern. And 
you know, that that's going to be the, the stretch. I do understand Southern is not a conference game. So now when you look at Alabama A&M, I really think that Alabama A&M uh, is going to be probably one of the toughest opponents we're going to play. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is because I have watched Cornell Manor. We've battled against each other. And I thought I was one of the most uh, confident guys in America. When when you go up against him, it's going to be interesting to watch Coach Prime and him <laughs> coach against each other. <laughs> you talk about two guys that 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 not lacking any confidence. So at all, at all. So <laughs> at all. Uh, uh, Coach Prime is going to be looking himself himself in the mirror, and 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 mm-hmm. Coach uh, Maynard is going to be looking himself in the mirror because those guys are really doing a great job with their programs and. Uh, but I do think that we will be a strong contender for the um, for the championship. Okay. All right. Good. Good stuff. Um, okay. Well, well, Coach, before we let you get out of here, um, talk to us a little bit about uh, just just the the environment, um, you know, at, at the vet, just the whole atmosphere during this um, uh, spring football season. Because I'm I'm, I'm in, I live in Florida, so I've been watching the games on on on, on TV so far, but when I look in the stands, it, it's just – it looks like something like what I saw growing up. It, it looks like my dad's JSU, you know, in the in the 80s and 90s, just the, just the the, uh, the the environment, everyone's, you know, confident and excited about the program. Uh, but what has been your take on the, the atmosphere and how it's been so far uh, at the Veterans Memorial? Oh, I tell you, any time I can, can get ready, I'm watching pregame and I still get the goosebumps like I'm coaching or either playing. Uh, it's amazing. This past weekend, of course, we know the restrictions have been lifted a little bit in Mississippi, and mm-hmm. we had more fans in there two hours before the game when the gates opened. You know, we're we're looking out the window. We're talking about what we're going to probably discuss mm-hmm. on the radio, and you know, Rob and I, we really don't have a script. We just we just let it flow, and right. the stands were starting to pour in and pour in. And we both looked down and we said, man, we hadn't seen this look in a long time. Um, so the energy is there. You know, when you open, we like to open the window and crack it where you can get a clear sound of what everybody's saying out there. Um, it has been amazing. I can only imagine once we go over here to Alabama and take care of business on Saturday and, and come back to Prairie View. And then when Southern University come to town, can you imagine how it used to be yes, indeed. when it was 50,000, <laughs> 60,000 in there when Southern oh, yeah. Jackson used to play? So um, that's the energy level. I mean, I'm excited. I'm, 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 you know, I am truly the I love. And, um, you know, I'm glad to see that, that our program is, is headed back in the right direction. And uh, we continue to do well with these young men. I listened to Coach Prime in the pregame show, and he he made the statement. He said, "Hey, if you guys gonna give me, they better give me now." <laughs> so, uh, we coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, great, great stuff. Well, Coach Asbury, it's always a pleasure. We thank you for joining us. This is your fourth time on the show. Um, I'm not sure if we had any guests who's been on more than four times. You're up there with the likes of uh, Coach O and Coach Prime himself. So. You know you're you're in good company there, so so you're um, anytime you want, you're more than welcome to 
to come and join the show. I know you can probably almost run it by yourself. Nah. You don't need me anymore. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I appreciate you guys, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you all. Like I said, you know, I, 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 anytime that you want me to come on, I'm I'm gonna make myself available because I love my school and I love whatever the support of whatever I can do for my program. You know, I'm I'm true blue to the end. Absolutely, coach. Absolutely. But thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. And y'all have a blessed night. And that'll do it for episode 148 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done